All right, all right, all right. Welcome back into the All B Sports Podcast, where it's all BS all the time. I'm here with James and Brian and myself, obviously. All right, uh, jumping in here. Man, this is the year that marks the injuries. Uh, more big names going down this weekend. Uh, Matt Ioannidis for the Washington football team, who was part of that big-time defensive line we've been touting all season long. Um, Correction, the, the line that James has been touting all oh, season I, long. I was on <laughs> – I said that in our pre, preseason stuff. I said, the, I said that D-line was crazy good. Okay. guess I was the only non-believer uh, before yeah. the season started. Yeah, and real quick on Matt and I say, I mean, he's, he's such an undervalued, underrated part of that defensive line, so that's a huge hit. Um, like I said, I mean, he was somebody who nobody's really even heard of, you know, outside of Washington. But, you know, nine and a half sacks last year. So that's that's a big hit to them. So uh, be a lot of that. They've already got enough adversity to overcome. So that's just one more thing for them to keep working through. Uh, and Ron Rivera's first year as a head coach out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then, um, you know, with the, the Jarrell Casey's out, Charles Harris Jr. I mean, the the. the we saw the report today that the Broncos have 50, almost $55 million of cap sitting uh, injured right now, injured and out of the season. Uh, they've just been decimated. Yeah. And it'd be good if they could get their young quarterback in there to, you know, see if he's the guy of the future. Cause this is very likely a team that can be competing for that number one draft spot. Uh, and when you've got a guy like uh, Trevor Lawrence, who looks you know, every part to be that generational guy, uh, you know, the, the solid pick of the decade, you know, and you're, you're sitting on a guy with Drew Locke where you're like, I don't know, is this guy the, the one who's going to carry us into the next decade of uh, Broncos football or uh, do we need to pull the trigger on a guy like Trevor Lawrence? So uh, super important to get Drew Locke back and see what they can do, which I do believe uh, he was looking for return this week or next. So. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a. It, I feel like there's a lot of young te- or teams with young quarterbacks that are that are looking at this situation. You know, Drew Locke with the Broncos, Sam Darnold with the Jets, uh, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of questions. Te- you know, with with guys like Trevor Lawrence in the draft and Justin Fields. I mean, we're get, we could see some see some fireworks for sure, but that's to be determined later. Um, Obviously, the other big piece of news is, uh, you know, COVID-19 at the, you know, with the Tennessee Titans players uh, shutting down their facility till I think no sooner than Saturday. Is that that's right, guys? Yes. And then the Vikings did the same thing. Um, So obviously that makes it a little difficult as in terms if, you know, Let's let's knock on some wood here, but if if a game's had to be postponed or canceled, what that looks like, um, I mean that's a logistical challenge that the NFL is going to have to work through. Yeah, I think it's a positive note that you know it's the end of week three before we even see you know anything like that happen. So testament to you know the NFL doing their part to keep the players safe and to keep uh, coronavirus out of the season, and I think it's great you know shut this down and. Just do what you can and, uh, you know, just kudos to the NFL for the way they're handling. I think they've they've really, you know, for not having any sort of a bubble or anything like that to be able to go this far, uh, 
you know, before having anything a breakout. So I wouldn't even call it a breakout, but the first instance of it is pretty solid deal. It gives you a good, good opportunity, good feeling for the rest of the season. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, I'm ready to talk about Nick Foles being the starter of the Bears. <laughs> you, do you mean for. you're ready to talk about how, like, last minute I changed my pick to the Bears because Julio Jones was downgraded to out? It's so not you, on record. So you changed it to based on that. So there's your admission of guilt and admission of being wrong because you didn't change it because you could foresee the future that Nick Foles would be the starter uh, in the second half. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I said I said before the season, and you guys will remember if you go back and put the tape on when you guys asked me to explain yourself uh, with the Chicago Bears team. I think that Nick Foles is the secret sauce. I think that uh, the fact that they had everything with COVID and they had to really wait on him, uh, this team is too good to be as bad as they were last year, and that's an eight and eight team. So, uh, honest, obviously, I picked the Falcons. The Falcons should have been able to hold on to this game. Uh, but again, going forward, it's a whole different team with Nick Foles, a quarterback. Uh, you know, the touchdowns, three touchdowns, I think, is more than uh, uh, Trubisky had in, you know, t- 10 quarters of football, and Foles did it in a half. So, yeah, I'll give it to you, Brian, because you picked it, but it's a little shady. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, definitely, I made the pick, and then, <laughs> you know, er- early in the game, I was definitely regretting that decision. And then, uh, Big expletive Nick came in and uh, say, saved the day. And I like, he's just like, Nick Foles is an enigma to me as far as like his ability to play the quarterback position. It's almost as if his, if he's going in there with zero expectations of him, he'll win you a Super Bowl. But as soon as like, no, Nick's our guy, let's go pay him $80 million to be the starter of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Terrible gets chased out after a year, you know? Yeah, I was looking back, and it's just – it's unbelievable. This guy has been in the league since 2012. Uh, he's never started a full season of football. Uh, you know, you go back to the, the the touchdown to no interception streak to to start, like, his starting career, you know, that 27-0 and or whatever he got up to, 26-0 and before he threw an interception. The guy's just got this just odd resume. And it's got to be the biggest guy. I was watching a Pat McAfee show, and one of their guys is a big Bears fan. He said, no, I think we start every game with Mitch Trubitsky. You get him in there, and then just in the second half, you just bring Foles off the bench because that's where he's best. You know. And I think, honestly, <laughs> there's a chance that that could be the recipe for success. I, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. He's got you know 13 more weeks of football ahead of him. Uh, can he hold it together with a team that's – Prime to make a big playoff push with their defense that they have there. Yeah, I mean, surprise team at three and zero for sure. Um, but I think the biggest story here is is Atlanta's continuation of just absolute meltdowns. It is absurd uh, how they, you know, went from that dominant team that went to the Super Bowl to it's like something just broke. On, and it's really it comes down to that defense. I mean, the offense has been doing for the most part, they've been doing their part uh, every week. And for some reason, you know, and again, this comes down to Dan Quinn being on the hot seat. Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defensive head coach. So for him to not be able to close these games out, that's it's a huge indictment on him. And they've, they've got to figure it out because the offense 
is clicking just like we thought it would. But boy, just close out one one quarter of football uh, sometime this year, guys. Yeah, seriously. Okay, uh, moving on. We had the Los Angeles Rams going over to Buffalo for a matchup of two and O teams. Um, surprise to me, at least for two and O at the Rams and then Buffalo obviously looking good and man, what a game this turned out to be. Yeah. And the uh, Rams did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Uh, they came in there, they played, you know, 60 minutes of football and one could make the argument that, you know, if there was ever a team to complain about the refs, it's probably not the Rams. <laughs> probably not in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, if it wasn't for the referees, but you know, it was a huge momentum there in the end, that controversial PI call, uh, you know, did, was it, was it not? I don't know. It was definitely a questionable call, but uh, I like what the Rams are doing. The Bills are definitely a top-level team. Uh, Josh Allen continues to roll, uh, completing over 70% of his passes on the year. I think he's number two in touchdowns to Russell Wilson. Uh, two, two teams still just with a bright, bright future, and a lot of fun watching that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I saw your call that call at the end of the game there. Definitely um, controversial, but it might have been like a little bit of a uh, "we'll give it to you" call because of the. I don't know if you guys saw it that that interception that the 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 refs gave the Rams, which I, it was pretty unbelievable. I mean, even after review, they gave it to him. I, I don't know if you saw it. The it was a simultaneous catch, basically. Uh, I mean, you could even give it to the offensive player that caught the ball and went to the ground and was down, and then the defensive player for the Rams uh, managed to wrestle it away, and they called that an interception. I don't know how – yeah, I don't know how that's – anyways. <laughs> Neither here nor there. The game ended with Buffalo 35 and L.A. 32. Uh, Buffalo improves to 3-0, and and the Rams take a little bit of hit in that – what's going to be that, that uh, without a doubt, the toughest division in the NFL – yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was just going back and watching this PI call. I missed or the the interception. Yeah, it's uh Oh, yeah, that that is odd. The receiver pulls it for anybody who didn't watch this. I've got to watch it back. And yeah, the receiver pulls it into his body. The secondary defender comes in. Once the receiver pulls it into their body, the defender comes in and gets hands on the ball, and then they wrestle on the ground and the defender comes away with it. So, definitely an odd call there. Uh, yeah. Just to go along with all of it. So, yeah, a game that really could have gone both ways, but I think the biggest thing is the Rams are back and the Bills are here, and it's uh, good for football. Good for football. All right, and Brand- I, and, and and I was wrong. I'll, 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 <laughs> I, I it's gonna be the trend. I was wrong a lot this week. And <laughs> I I took some risks and it did not pay off, and I've got a lot of cat ground to cover here. Uh, I took the risky biscuits and it did not pay off. I was right about this one as well, um, you know, but I was close to being wrong. It took, you know, the last few seconds for the Bills to pull this off, which, you know, just just from watching what Josh Allen is doing this year, it uh, helps me and feel justified in when I called them to be the winners of the AFC East this year. I mean, he, they went, you know, the Rams is no slouch on, both on offense or defense, and the Bills – lost the lead late and uh, battled back. And I think that's going to carry, uh, carry over into a lot more wins. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump into the Bills and, you know, obviously the Patriots once we get down to the Patriots because, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting division, and I'm, I'm going to see if we're going to come back to that one. So, uh, Brian was wrong about the Eagles. Uh, I, they are the worst team in football. So uh, no, no, not yet. They can't even lose a game. <laughs> I mean, hey. they can't even lose the team who's supposed to be the worst team, you you're, know, in the NFL. You're saying You're saying that – Incorrectly, I wasn't right, but I wasn't wrong. I think I think it's safe to call it that. But well, you, I will say, going I mean, you forward, have a, you, I am off the Eagles. I'm, I'm, you picked them. You picked them to win. I mean, we're gonna have to do a midseason go back through who's gonna win some stuff here because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let it go. The fact that you have the Philadelphia Eagles winning that division, and they're they're winless after three weeks. There's still there's still a lot of football. Out. They're only a half game out of first place. And yeah. also, Carson, Carson Wentz has been the absolute worst quarterback in football. I don't know. I guess you can blame that all on the rest of the team, which is all we've ever done through Carson Wentz's entire career. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the story is here, but Joe Burrow can turn, continues to play above expectations as a rookie who came on to a team you know, that was the worst, worst, worst team in football last year. Uh, no off season, something we thought was really going to affect him. Obviously, they're not putting the wins together yet, but uh, a lot of positive stuff to take away from the games he's been playing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to – I think I did call him the fir- the worst team in the league before the season started, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think that's going to the Jets or Giants or something like that. Yeah, the Giants. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so yeah, I picked the I picked the Bengals on that one. Uh, obviously, nobody wins in that situation. But moving on here, Cleveland Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield, sixteen of twenty three in both of the last two games. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, uh, same completion and attempts. Yeah, exactly. What we're, where we said you need to have Baker Mayfield. Uh, I believe this guy still he's he's a guy who's got the talent to carry a team, but he's got to have that built up around him. And Stefanski has proven that he wants to build this through the run game, which is how that team is built and let the defense do their thing. Uh, You know, don't put all the pressure on Baker to try to win you a shootout before it's a shootout. And uh, yeah, I like what they're doing there. They handled the Washington football team exactly like you would hope they would against a winless team like that, or I guess one win team. Um, a team where they had the high favors. So, yeah, I like what I saw from the Cleveland Browns there, and I think we all picked the Browns on that one, right? Yes, we did. Yes, yes, we did. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that Stefanski and, and getting some actual game snaps, they're starting to they're starting to roll. That this running game is really starting to wear teams down. I mean, even we, we talked about Matt Ioannidis leaving the you know leaving this game with injury and stuff, uh, but I, I think that the writing was on the wall. Um, with this this run game just wearing teams down, um, and I think they're going to just do that a lot through the season with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, um, kind of you know two totally different backs, but two cap- very capable backs in in their their ability and their talent to do everything on the field. Yeah, I mean as, as it stands right now, Nick Chubb is number four in rushing yards, which is I mean I have him picked to lead the league in rushing. But it's especially impressive where he is right now, just given the amount of snaps that Kareem Hunt 
is also getting. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll just go back to kind of Nick's assessment of this team prior to the season and just the silence that we heard around him. It's just something you continue to see as the season goes on. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of press conferences, flashy press conferences from any of these guys. Uh, even OBJ is keeping quiet, you know, and it, this is a different team under Stefanski. They've got a guy there now, and I, I still am not going to get back on the fact that this team's going to, you know, go 15-1 and one by any means, but uh, let's give them the expectations that they should have. This is a team that's been very bad for a long time. It's the first time that they've actually been over 500 at any point in the season uh, in six years. So wow. if this if this team just finishes the season nine and seven, ten and six, uh, heck, even eight and eight, you know, that's a step in the right direction. Baker's got a long career there. They have a they have a really young team. They're putting all the pieces together. Let's just lower those expectations and let them be as good as they are. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. Agreed. And I mean, and the same, same can be said on the Washington side, you know, Ron Vera, first head coach, young team. Um, I mean, for a while, this game was actually pretty competitive for a while until, like I said, the the run games just started wearing them down and and they were able to control the the game in the second half. Uh, But I think Washington is definitely a team to keep an eye on through the season. I I think they're going to be playing a lot of competitive, competitive ball. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know that Dwayne Haskins is the answer. Uh, obviously, what we saw with him at Ohio State, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of potential there. I just question if he's, if he's the guy that's going to carry this franchise on. And you know, I think the, the, the best worst case scenario is that this team does continue to struggle. We see that there's a lot of potential here, and maybe they are drafting one of those guys earlier. They can swing a trade to go up uh, if somebody. Um, like we were mentioning earlier, who was that 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 could have got who could get the first pick and not necessarily need it? Broncos, you know, maybe you swing a pick up there for somebody who doesn't necessarily need it to go get the Fields or uh, oh, no, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm gonna f- yeah, and then that could be that could be the future of this team. So whatever it is, they've got a bright future. I'm gonna call something right now. Just that came to my mind um if they do go and get trevor lawrence um i'm gonna say right now that the colts trade for alex smith oh you think so huh yeah i hope not you hope colts not fan. you no, i hope not no alex smith is just too old at this point i don't want another 36 year old quarterback 37 year old quarterback on the roster we need to get younger uh philip rivers we're we're in that window to win right now we'll get there but uh, yeah, we need to get younger at quarterback. Definitely not. Can't can't keep squeezing in these these uh, old guys and keep expecting that to be consistent. Just saying, it it could definitely happen. Totally see it happening. He would be a good fit. I just, I, you know, we'll get there. We'll we'll come back to we'll, that one. We'll see. We'll, there's a lot. To, yeah, there's a lot. There'll be. A, we, we'll we'll talk about it this off season. I, I mean, I, there's different scenarios popping into my brain too. But moving on. Uh, let's see. Let's talk Tennessee Titans and Minnesota Vikings, man. Oh man. This one had me biting my fingernails guys. Uh, we all were on the Titans and they, they pulled it out, but dang, what a game. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota's not a terrible team, you know, uh, they have Dalvin cook. Who's obviously incredibly special. They've got all the weapons, uh, offensively to be competitive. This is kind of what you would expect. Even if, 
Minnesota's losing games, you still expect them to hang 30 points or so. Uh, they're just super, super young on defense and in, in that secondary. And uh, at the end of the day, I think this is how a lot of these games are going to end in these types of shootouts. So. Yeah. And uh, like uh, Titans are kind of one of those suspect undefeated teams just because I think they've been in a few close ones and uh, Derrick Henry I mean, he's the league leader in rushing, but he's only doing 3.9 yards a carry. And the two guys behind him is Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook, both averaging 6.1 yards a carry. So that's just a testament to, you know, how many times they're handing the ball off to uh, Derrick Henry, and they need to get more three-dimensional with their offense. Yeah, I mean, I I said it before the season started that I did not expect Derrick Henry to repeat – you know, as a top, as the top rusher, uh, I think he has been figured out. He is kind of a bit of a one trick pony. He's that, you know, the, the stretch one read type of type of back. He doesn't even run really well, uh, just straightforward. Uh, he last year, he was either second or first in the league in getting stopped behind the line of scrimmage. So with a guy like that, you don't really expect it. Um, at the end of the day, the Titans are not built to uh, win in a sprint. They they're they're a marathon team. They they grind you for sixty minutes of football, and they're going to be in a lot of close games. Uh, but they have to find a way to run the ball outside of Derrick Henry. They got to get it some sort of a change of pace guy because uh, he can't keep uh, toting the ball twenty six to thirty times a game. He's just that's just too much wear and tear on backs these days, and he's going to be going down. Like we said before this podcast, or at the beginning of the podcast, is injuries have been the big thing, and he's next up if they keep running him 26 times a game. Yeah, he's just not built. He's just not built that way, and, and we've seen it already in his career, young NFL career. He's just not built to handle that kind of load. And, and, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the other the other back that comes to mind when you think of Dalvin Cook in, in his in his uh, draft class uh, in, a little bit south of him in, in uh, uh, gosh, New Orleans with Alvin Kamara, but – We'll get to that when we talk about the Saints. But, um, yeah, he's just not built to handle 26 carries. You know, he's not a Zeke Elliott. You know, he doesn't have the same body build. But yeah. are we, are, we're, we're talking about Derrick Henry, right? No, we're talking about Dalvin Cook. Oh, oh no, I was talking about Derrick Henry. Oh, my bad. I thought yeah, you I'm said like, Dalvin Cook. What are we talking about not being built? <laughs> I mean, the dude's a tank. No, he, yeah. He, he's okay. built for the that kind of load. But, you know, they, they just signed him to a four-year extension, like, if they want him to last that four years, then yeah, they need to start finding a way to back off his back off his workload for the long term. But yeah, yeah, I mean, gone are the days, you know. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the faster speed of the game, uh, it's too much uh, sudden change of direction and things like that that lead to, you know, the majority of the injuries these days are non-contact injuries uh, in the NFL, and so. You know, gone are the days of the 300 to 375 carry backs. Uh, anytime in recent years that we've seen backs flirt with that 300 yard or 300 carry mark, you know, for multiple seasons, they tend to go out with some sort of an injury uh, after a year or two. And so that's where I say, like, you know, for especially him being such a big guy, that that's extra wear and tear on his joints, on his body. So it's something that you, you can't continue to do and think that he's going to stay healthy. Uh, and if Derrick Henry goes down, this team is done. I mean, he's he's the thing that makes it tick. Ryan Tannehill's been great for the situation, but he's not going to bail you out by throwing it 40 times a game. It's just not going to happen. 
Nope. nope. I know all too well that that doesn't work. See, next up we have the Raiders lose it, losing for the first time against the New England Patriots. Boy, what a game this was. This was fun to watch. That first half, More... man, you did not know what was going to end. How this? I thought that the Raiders were firmly going to take this thing down the stretch, and then uh, that New England running game just kicked in and just took over, and the defense started clicking in the second half, and man, Patriots are as as they're better than I honestly thought they would be this year. Uh, this is a this is a legitimate Super Bowl contending team with Cam Newton as quarterback. Yeah, I think we'll. Which is annoying. Well, this that that question will truly be answered this week because they go up against Kansas City. So, I I don't expect them to win that game, but if they can at least hang tough, you know, then yeah, they are you know, definitely honestly, a still a Super Bowl contender. I watched I watched the Colts. Uh, Beat the Chiefs, was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year. Might have been last year. Uh, and they did it by running the ball, controlling the clock. And, uh, yeah, we're back a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh, we lost our connection. James, yeah, you were talking about uh, running the game and controlling the clock. Yes, I mean, looking at how the Colts beat the Chiefs uh, the year before, just controlling the game through the run game, uh, just – slowing the pace down. You don't want to give Patch Mahomes and the Chiefs the opportunity to run away with something. Uh, and I think the Patriots are truly built uh, to hang in there and, and battle it out. And they've got the guys to play man coverage really across the board uh, and get the pressure through blitzing. So uh, I'm not counting out the Chiefs. Obviously, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL right now, but the Patriots have a legitimate chance to go. I don't know. Is it is it in Foxborough? Is it uh, down there in Kansas City? Excuse me. That is a great question. I think I want to say it's in Kansas City, but uh, let me go back here. I've got him here. So yeah, it's in Kansas City. Yeah, so that makes it a little bit tough for them having to go on the road. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they're good. They're the Patriots are legit contender this year. Uh, Cam Newton is playing like at an MVP level. Uh, If he continues to do what he's doing, he's truly carrying that offense. Uh, through that Josh McDaniels hybrid system. And uh, Sony Michelle has to step up on a more consistent level or they've got to get that uh, young guy in there more regularly. Uh, he didn't have any carries against Seattle, which I thought was a little suspect, and they struggled against the run there. So Talking about uh, J.J. Taylor? Yes. Yeah, he, he definitely looked good in what you saw him. He's a little small, so he's not someone that you're going to – uh, rely on in the on the goal line to push the pile, but he's he's squirrely to where he can definitely weave in between the tackles if you want if you wanted him to. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I would just say you know obviously going back to the Raiders, you know it's the the Chiefs or the Raiders coming out of the division because the Chargers and the Broncos with their injuries aren't going to be the ones to do it. And uh, I think the Raiders could give the Chiefs a legitimate run this year. I think that outside of this, and I could be. This could go to backfire on me. I could be eating a lot of crow on this, but uh, Raiders look like a team that are you know ready to be in that conversation of a top ten team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right, James. I just think it'll be next year. Okay. All right. They, uh, okay. I am hearing the rumblings that the Raiders are considering signing Earl Thomas, which seems perfect perfect fit for the Raider culture there. You know bad boys of the NFL that'd be huge uh because their other safety Abraham he's been 
playing lights out. You money. That kid looks great. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. You had a, you had a guy like Earl Thomas, who even if he's half as good as he was at his best, he's still better than half the safeties in the league, I think. Uh, and just a presence that you have to be aware of like, okay, I can't throw it here. If he's in that general area, because he's going to knock it down. He's going to tip it up. Somebody's going to come away with the ball. Uh, and he's still a bit of an enforcer out there. So, yeah, that would be a huge signing for them. Yep. Okay, moving on. We have the San Francisco 49ers and the New York terrible Giants. Let me, let me go ahead and Holy start. Moly. All right, I picked the Giants here. Yep. What I am going to say is Brian was wrong. Jarek McKinnon was awful. I was right about that. He had a touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, but he was terrible. He was just – he was awful. He was uh, – I could pull up – I'll pull up some stats for you here. I know. It wasn't um, great, but, you know. Thir- 13 carries for, like, 30 yards or something. Hey, weren't you the one that was saying, like, hey, don't discredit last week's Tevin Coleman's 14 attempts for 12 yards? That means something. Yeah. Well – Yeah, it means something, but uh, 14 carries for 38 yards. They just didn't have anybody else who could – who could do that, you know, that would do anything. I mean, they, they averaged 2.7 yards a carry. What it came down to was Nick Mullins balled out. Uh, he, the, the touchdowns came on the ground, but that was just because Nick Mullins threw for 343 yards and had him in position to score. Uh, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers are still legit. Uh, they can win without their best pieces out there, obviously against a really bad New York Giants team. And I got to say, uh, Daniel Jones has not looked the same since uh, Saquon Barkley left the field. There was a, I think there was just something about him being there, having that uh, security blanket that just gave him a certain level of confidence. But, uh, yeah, he's not looked good, nearly as good as he looked the first week when he played maybe the best defense in the NFL. So kind of an odd, quick regression from Daniel Jones. And he's needed for this team to succeed this year. So, I don't know. I've I've got the Giants as the the worst team currently going forward in the NFL. Yeah, I mean they're they're just not going to be successful this year. That's uh, yeah. Daniel Jones is going to struggle as long as Saquon's out. They're going to get a high top five pick, and you know they'll get next year's Chase Young because that's that's where they need the help the most. Actually, is on defense. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Chase Young or a Jeff Okuda type, um, somebody that you can plug and play and just just go. Uh, the secondary could use help. The defensive line could use help all the way across. Uh, defense, just in general, I, they just don't have anything going over there. Yeah, the yeah defense is ter- yeah. I mean, they they just, they need a lot of pieces in in New York right now, and and I don't know if anything's going to come together for this team. And I mean, I was on the Giants in this game too, but obviously, I mean. The Niners, and, and we've seen Nick Mullins perform in years past, so we should have really looked at that a little bit closer. Yeah, I mean, I was looking, and I think he he averaged the one year that he was the starter. They didn't win a lot of games back in 2018, but he averaged 284 yards a game. Uh, he's definitely a solid gunslinger. Uh, honestly, you would wonder if this team would maybe even have been better with him as quarterback over Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. Uh, conservative himself. They're just playing, I guess, the no turnovers game and whatever that whatever that's worth. But uh, this will be an interesting storyline over the next couple of weeks if they just continue to rattle off wins with 
uh, Nick Mullins and if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and looks kind of pedestrian like he has. Yep, I can see that. All right, uh, next game on the docket here is the Houston Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, surprising start to this game. Uh, Houston came out of the gates ready to go. Uh, took the Steelers a little while, but ultimately, ultimately uh, got it done, which I'm thankful yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I was watching this game, and this really came down to uh, Ben really, really trying to get his deep ball back and just not having it. Uh, they were – Texans' defense was beat probably six or seven times uh, in the first half alone where uh, big plays, Ben went to make the throw and just missed the guys by six or seven yards downfield, overthrew them. I guess that goes to show that he's still got the arm, uh, but the touch is not there right now. Uh, and this is a much different game if he hits on those throws. Uh, and that being said, Deshaun Watson, the kid is special. I just have always said that I think that Bill O'Brien is just ruining his career and you've got to give him the opportunities to be great. But in certain moments, no matter the situation, the kid's going to show up and ball, and that's what he was doing. He, he had them in this game uh, all the way to the end. We thought it, they were kind of going out of it in the half, and he just drove them down in 30 seconds and put one in the end zone on a beautiful, beautiful ball, um, you know, back shoulder type situation, uh, perfect coverage by the corner, and just it was all Deshaun Watson just getting it out there, so. Definitely an interesting game. Had me nervous as a Steelers fan. I thought the I thought the Texans were going to run away with this one. Yeah, I just want to touch real quick on on your your deep ball assessment there. You know, Deontay Johnson went out of this game uh, with a concussion, which killed my fantasy team. Um, you were going to lose anyways because this. Yeah, well, thanks, bro. <laughs> When your defense scores twenty two, it's it's hard to hard <laughs> to compete. But uh um I, I think I think that the timing may have been off, James, uh more so than, than the touch because I think he expected Deontay Johnson to be the one out there catching those passes, not necessarily the rookie Claypool or, or even James Washington. So uh, you know, I don't want to take. I, I mean, I'm I'm one of Big Ben's biggest critics, but I'm I'm just saying, you know, his his. Well, we talked about last week with him and you know Deontay Johnson and uh, Juju. Those those are his two go to guys, and uh, he was he was missing you know Deontay for sure. Yeah, that defense is even then they still had Steelers defense. They still piled on five sacks, uh, took the ball away uh, one time, two times, just once. Uh, yeah, that defense is playing big, and you know Ben. Whether it was touch or just chemistry or whatever it was, Ben's going to get that back. He's always been one of the better deep ball throwers in the league. Uh, and he's got a whole plethora of offensive weapons who can take the top off of defenses. So uh, I just look to see the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers getting better and better. I think this was, I think, three games in a row that James Conner, or I guess maybe two games this season that he's played where he's gone over 100 yards rushing as well. Uh, so, yeah, they're doing it all. They're just They're a solid team right now. Yeah, definitely in the conversation for one of the best in the AFC, that's for sure. One of the best in the NFL, really. I mean, let's be honest. But, uh, all right. And, I mean, yeah, what can we say about Houston? I mean, you open on the road in Kansas City, then you have to face the Ravens at home, and then you go to uh, Pittsburgh. Like, that's – that's It's a brutal, it's a brutal that's start. That's got to be one of the – 
Yeah, it's a brutal start. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to apologize for them. I appreciate the three losses. So thank you to those teams. But that's, I, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's a little bit, that's just rough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- yeah, I think, think they are better than the 0 and 3 that they currently are at. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say it's, it's, they definitely hung in there with the Steelers. The other two were definitely kind of beat downs. Uh, so far, the AFC South has uh, swept with the Vikings. So uh, the Vikings go to Houston next week. So that'll be an opportunity for them to show, uh, you know, can they get the win against the Vikings or are the Vikings going to write their ship? That's going to be kind of a fun little dynamic we have going there. But we'll get into that. Well, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll get into it Saturday. Let's get on to the, right. the best defense in the NFL right now. Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> well, it's like easy to look like the best defense in the NFL when you're playing two Jason pick sixes. Just saying. Did, Just saying. did some magic for me on fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware, bro. Well aware. Yeah, I just I don't remember a time uh, as a Colts fan that I could look at the team stats and have the best points per game and the best yards per game stats as a defense. Uh, and we've played a lot of bad teams over the years. So uh, just the fact that they're doing it right now, uh, back-to-back weeks, they've had the top-graded player uh, in the league from PFF. That was Mo Cox last week. This week, uh, uh, Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes. And so, yeah, Mo Cox, actually the top-rated uh, tight end in the league through three weeks of football. So I have him on my fantasy team because I was smart enough to pick him up. So. If anybody else still sees him sitting around on the waiver, he's the guy to go with uh, going forward. And I I can't say anything else other than the fact that the Colts are doing what they're supposed to do outside of that loss to Jacksonville. Uh, they're beating down teams the way, you know, the teams that they're supposed to beat down, they're beating them down. You know, you can't knock your schedule. And they definitely made the Jets look like a bunch of JV players out there. Yeah, we'll have more to say on the Jets coming up on our Thursday night preview at the end of this. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 36-7 to 7 kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, and I'll just say uh, Adam Gase came out, you know, and kind of scoffed off the, you know, hot seat conversation. You know, that just doesn't help. That doesn't do anything. At some point, you have to have the awareness to say, you know, I recognize that I've fallen short, you know, as, as a player or as a coach, and I have to find a way to be better. But nothing's ever his fault. Nothing's ever been his fault. Um, do they play Thursday night football yeah. this week? They play Thursday night football at home against the Broncos. So the Broncos are coming up to New York. But, yeah, James, I can't agree with you more. Gase has always been the one to push off uh, blame to somebody else. It's, well, it's the players not executing the game plan. Well, when your game plan is bubble screens – it's easy to get two pick sixes if the defense is good enough to, to play it the right way. And uh, that's exactly what happened in this game. And, and, uh, and the Jets, it, rightfully so, got embarrassed. Yeah, by I'm it. still just amazed that this guy's even still a head coach. Uh, he had one winning season. I'm trying to pull that up, what I sent you guys the other day. Uh, one winning season ever as a coach. Uh, you know, he kind of yeah. – he was there for uh, – Peyton Manning's greatness. Uh, somehow he got some kind of credit for that. And then uh, 
you know, goes to the Bears with John Fox and his offensive coordinator there for a year. They ranked like 23rd in points, 26th in yards or something like that. And then he gets a head coach coaching job from the Dolphins. That just goes to show the suspect decisions that the Dolphins make, Uh, you know, starts losing a bunch of games there and then gets a job as the head coach for the uh, Jets. And now uh, Jets ownership just recently came out and said, what a brilliant offensive mind. Adam Case is, uh, it's just, it's all just very odd to me that the guy continues to get work when he's just terrible. Clearly terrible. Yep. All right. Nothing else to say on this game, Brad? I I got it right. So, uh, I mean, I didn't watch it personally. I guess it just didn't look good from a box score standpoint. Uh, yeah, Sam, Sam Darnold's career is getting wasted. I hope he gets, you know, doesn't doesn't re-sign with them or, you know, even if it, they may not offer him a con- contract extension at this point. But I hope he gets a second chance somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you watch him play, and he's he definitely passes the eye test. There were even some moments in the Colts game where you're just like, wow, that guy has got a losing record? I mean, just moves around in the pocket, breaks sacks, rolls out. Just like I said a couple weeks ago, he had one of those Patrick Mahomes types rolling to his left, you know, reaching back cross body and throwing, you know, kind of back across the field, you know, just a laser 25 yards downfield. I mean, the the kid's got all the potential and it just, you know, I don't think that we'll be able to trash on the Jets enough with with how wrong they get stuff over there. But it, it's a shame what's happening with Sam Darnold for sure. Yep. Speaking of young quarterbacks. All right. My guy, my guy Herbert yeah. balled out again. Did what he could for a young guy. You Did know. we could, but wasn't wasn't yeah, not, quite enough. Yeah, not the outcome that I expected in this game. I mean, it was it was a closely contested game the whole way. Um, I think that the even the the I didn't see the end of this game or can't remember properly, but I think the L.A. Chargers had a shot to win this game, and Herbert uh, had a shot to get it in the end zone. I don't I don't remember exactly how it all went down, but. Um, they were in this game and had a shot to win. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that really the loss, I got to say, probably falls on Herbert's shoulders. Uh, you look at the box score. I mean, third down efficiency for the Panthers, they were 3 for 12. Uh, Chargers were 10 for 15. Uh, total plays, Panthers ran 51. Chargers ran 74. Uh, 302 yards to 436. Uh, I mean, let's see, yard time of possession here. Pretty even time of possession. I guess penalties, three for 30 on the Panthers, eight for 60 uh, on the Chargers. At the end of the day, it was penalties and that one turnover, that one interception um, that I think made the difference and that stuff that you can clean up. Well, I guess they had four turnovers, fumbles involved in there. I missed that. Let me see where those came from. Um, Fumbles here. Herbert, yeah, Herbert had two two fumbles, fumbles. one lost. So there's Keenan Allen lost one, and Joshua Kelly lost one. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's a lot of turnovers. But, I mean, turnovers are something that you can clean up, you know. Uh, If you're putting it all together outside of that and you can clean up those turnovers, you know, even with the injuries that they're stacking up, this team just continues to, you know, not go away easy. Yeah, and that I like that you brought up the injuries because they did have a significant one with – Melvin Ingram, I think, also going down on top of uh, 
mm-hmm. Chris Harris. I think I think Ingram will be back yes. sooner rather than later. Like he'll go with on the three week IR, but he, I think he'll be back after that. But I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, and on the on the um, Carolina side of things, I mean the the guy stepping in right now for uh, CMC Wells out. Mike Davis had a pretty decent game. Um, rushing, mostly catching the ball. I mean, he's 13 for 46. Yeah, what you know, three and a half yards per carry. Not, not, nothing to scoff at, but not great. But uh, in the uh, passing game, eight catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that's that's pretty solid work as far as uh, fantasy is concerned. Yeah, I mean, if you were the CMC yes. owner and managed to get him, you're you were pretty happy. Yeah, you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on uh-huh. here, Dallas Cowboys at the Seattle Seahawks, and I want I want to kick this off, guys. I mean, we are literally one colossal mistake by the Falcons away from a zero th- and three Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's weird <laughs> because uh, Dak is absolutely balling out. Um, had some stats up here a second ago. They have no defense. I mean, they have absolutely, absolutely no defense. Dak Prescott is throwing for 396 yards per game, has only turned the ball over twice, and they're one colossal meltdown away from being 0-3. I mean, what is that? They're moving the ball. They're just – It's that's absurd. You yeah, know. I mean they're missing uh two of well, their guys who are supposed to be their starters on the at uh, the cornerback position, Anthony Brown and Chibadabwe Awuzie, supposed to be the starters. They're both gone they're both done for a while. And so their rookie, Trayvon Diggs, got thrust into the number one position and so far I've really liked what I've seen of him, but at the end of the day he's still a rookie and there's still things to exploit from him even with his great play. Yeah, and I mean, I think the Dallas Cowboys are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in scoring. You know, again, going back to their offensive side of the ball, and even in this game, if you know, if they could have gotten just that one stop late in the game uh, against the Seahawks, then they have they have a win here. Uh, but they just could not slow Russell Wilson down. Uh, they couldn't slow the run game down. They couldn't slow anything down <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I, I thought yeah, we were I mean, going to see a Dallas Cowboys late game heroics and you know. uh, to Dak's uh, to Dak though he he really did try to put those heroics on. He scrambled uh, that last play, scrambled, mm-hmm. escaped a sack, and then you know he just he knew he had to throw it and get it in the end zone, and it just didn't go his way. But uh, love the love the drive, love the ability to keep the play going and try and win it. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing because Dak is truly carrying this team all in all uh, on a franchise tag. So coming back to those contract talks with him, and uh, I think there's a payday coming. I think there's got to be. Yeah, I th- like I know before I was don't pay him the $35 million that he was asking, but that was before uh, Mahomes' $45 million deal a uh, year deal and Deshaun Watson's $40 million a year deal now. I think the Cowboys are yeah. going to be like, man, we should have got him at 35 a year. 
Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, that could come out because, it's again, it's not how good you are compared to the last contract. It's just how good you are right now when you're signing your contract. And so he could come out and, you know, ask for 47 and a half, you know, and that's just the way of the game. Uh, it's They should have they locked him up earlier is all I'm saying. Uh, enough on the Cowboys there. Seattle Seahawks yeah. are absolutely balling. Uh, they also have no defense, so I think they have like the worst defense statistically in the league currently. And uh, yardage wise, yeah, I, I do question sure. uh, getting up against. I mean the the uh, Patriots have pretty solid defense there. Uh, I'll be curious to see some other defenses. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna say that Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in football until I saw Patrick Mahomes play again and. Russell Wilson's a solid number two still for me, though. I mean, he, he's certainly putting his best MVP <laughs> foot forward this year. Uh, but you can't expect him to throw five touchdown passes every game. So the Seahawks are undefeated right now, but those losses are coming at some point with how bad that defense has been playing. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, the yeah. I mean, really the touchdown – you know, obviously DK Metcalf gave up a touchdown, uh, but the touchdown late in the game to DK Metcalf, uh, you're not going to get a lot of those. That was just absolutely no defense. I mean, he DK runs a, a deep crosser across the field. Uh, safety stays shallow on him and just lets him go. Well, they, I mean, there was no. They did the but, same thing at the beginning of the game with uh, Tyler Lockett's first touchdown. I mean, he just did a post yeah. uh post route and the safeties just didn't follow him <laughs> yeah and honestly you you've seen a bit of that with with the seahawks this year and at some point that stuff's going to come back around uh and that's going to slow that offense down a bit i i've always said russell wilson's just one of the best football players i've ever seen step on a football field he's doing it as a quarterback now which i think is huge uh opens up that offense in a huge way uh but, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that they can continue at the pace they're going. And if their defense doesn't step up, this team is going to hurt down the stretch because uh, come cold winter football, uh, you know, that pass game slows down. You have to be able to slow teams down on defense. and You have to be able to run the ball effectively, consistently. And I just don't know if the Seahawks are going to be able to continue that. Yeah, I mean, I will say I, I did – call this game i knew it was going to be a high flying yeah. affair uh you know in our pre in our preview podcast uh, wasn't quite what the falcons and Cowboys score was but it was pretty dang close mm-hmm. um you know and i do want to call out tristan hill that defender yeah that for, was a dirty on, dirty dallas play. yeah what the garbage man no room for that in this league you need to yeah. be done i mean we like, see we see that move on. a lot when trying to bring down the tackler, but you know, uh, Carson's knees were already down. Like the whistles were going yeah. and he just kept spinning. Well, he kept spinning and he rolled onto the other leg and then torqued too. So it was like everything about it was just wrong, but we are getting a little strapped for time here. Yeah. guys. So let's go ahead and keep this thing, keep this thing moving quick here. Keep it moving. Yep. All right. Tampa Bay at Denver. Yeah. We knew that I mean, this was we going to be in Tampa bit. Bay. Yeah. Wasn't going to be close. Gronk finally showed up. I'll say that. Gronk finally showed up. Uh, my favorite stat was at one point in this game, Mike Evans was 
two catches for two touchdowns for two. It yards. didn't. It wasn't at some point that that was his line. Did, did he? Did <laughs> yeah. he finish with that? <laughs> that's Fantastic. all he had. Yes, that's Fantastic. all he had. I love two, it. two, two. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, and then not much you can say on the Denver side of the football here. I mean, they're just decimated, decimated with injuries right now. I would have loved to right see now. week so, one uh, Denver Broncos up against this Tampa Bay team because I think it's a completely different game. For sure. But yeah, that's definitely. just where we're at. Uh, Cardinals definitely. at Lions. Yeah. Uh, okay. We were all wrong our, on this no. one, I think. What? Our number one, our, our best, I think I kind of like was like, I could see this thing. My, you know, our best 0-2 team. Going out to get there against one of the lower end two and O teams. I mean, the Lions had to win a game at some point, like just with the way that they'd been playing. Uh, so I'm not at all surprised by this whatsoever. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I gotta say I am. I mean, Arizona had been playing pretty solid football. Uh, you know, I, I thought they were, you know, one A the Seahawks, one B, or you know, or sorry, one B the Seahawks, one A in this division. So I expected them to come in out here and trounce the Lions. See, and, I, I, see, and I still think yeah. that they are. I think, uh, I don't think this doesn't, this is less of an indictment on for me, at least for Arizona so much as just the Lions are as good as we've been kind of thinking they are. Um, this is a solid eight and eight team, but eight, eight team that can beat anybody on any week. I think uh, Adrian Peterson's running the ball. Yeah. Great. Matt Stafford's a stud. Uh, you know, as we've said, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay back. Kenny Galladay back. Uh, Jeff Okuda on the defense, you know, uh, they have all the pieces there really to be competitive in every single game they play. Uh, they're just going to lose a lot of close ones. And at the end of the day, Kyler Murray made a couple mistakes that, that I don't expect him to continue to make. And yeah, I, I don't think this is a, a knock on the Cardinals in any way. I still think that they're the number two team in that division. Yeah, three three picks from Kyler Murray is really yeah. tough to overcome, especially if you have a major yeah. fantasy quarterback. Uh, Green Bay <laughs> at Saints. Uh... Aaron Rodgers, man. What? Wow. What? I mean, gosh dang it. I wanted to take Green Bay. I even showed you guys in a different format. Yeah. I took Green Bay. Uh, but obviously, I really thought the Saints were going to come out and win this game. I knew it was going to be competitive, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers right now on his scorched earth tour. I mean, looked phenomenal. Looked looked back like 2012. Yeah, I mean, Aaron honestly, Rogers. when a game comes down 37 to 30, uh, you know, it was anybody's game. So it's, I don't, I don't know. It, it's hard to see the Saints be one and two, uh, but Packers might be. Second best team in the league right now. Third best team in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, Packers are looking so, are looking a lot better than they did last year. Just from an overall uh, play playing standpoint, they're not getting rolled by the by the perceived contender teams. And they, uh, yeah. Well, James brought it up a couple of podcasts ago. This is Aaron Rodgers' second mm-hmm. year in the system. And that could be make that could be all the difference. I mean, they were talking about it during the game. I mean, obviously Sunday night game, the announcers were saying, you know, that he, uh, him and, and Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Lafleur, thank you, um, were on the phone all off season talking to each other about what they didn't like and what they did like, and so that you know, cutting out plays that they don't want or cutting out plays that he doesn't want and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, 
they, and it looks like it. This, I mean, this offense is rolling. It's the, I think, the fifth most a team has scored in NFL history through the yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, three just games. to go back on Aaron Rodgers there a little bit. He's been he's been on uh, Pat McAfee's podcast every Tuesday, uh, and this is just a different Aaron Rodgers than uh, we've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, he he was saying on that podcast how this year is just different. He's uh, changed kind of how he lives life. He's just out there. He's, he's getting rid of the things that, you know, don't make him happy. And he's surrounded him by stuff that does make him happy. And, you know, I can relate to that as a, you know, somebody who I have a job, you know, and if I'm, if I'm miserable in my regular life or I'm miserable, like with things in my job, uh, I'm not going to produce as well. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting his mind, right. He's got the system, him and LaFour have a great, uh, you know, uh, camaraderie going. It, it, it's a dangerous thing that they got building up in there in Green Bay. And they have the defense for the first time in a long, long time too. So confidence and fun and poof, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Team to team to look out for, I think, I mean, I, I don't think that we thought Green Bay was going to be weak, but I don't think we expected them to be as strong yeah, as they I'm have Yeah, I'm pretty sure either. we all have them at the top of our division. Yeah. But uh, I think it was like a new – you know, 12, 11, 11 and five. I think this could be, you know, a 15 and one, 14 and two type. Yeah. Team. And I, we have to take a look at their schedule. I for think sure. we all had them still at the top of their division, but I think we all kind of still thought that this was going to be the 49ers or the saints conference to win. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. What a game Monday night, big time. Wow. Prime time, Mahomes, I man, was wrong. coming through five total touchdowns. Very, very. No, wrong. that's not what I want. To hear. <laughs> that's not what I want to hear. What? Say it. Say it. Patrick Mahomes is good. No. Lamar is me. not good. Lamar disappears in big oh, games. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna believe that he's gonna rise up above all this. Uh, but so far in his career, I mean, his, as a passer, he absolutely disappears. And I know you could blame it on some drops and some things like that. But at the end of the day, those weren't great throws that were being dropped. You know, some of those ones up the seam, they were high balls that, you know, were a little off target. Even the touchdown that got dropped, that one was one where you have the whole, I mean, you've got 10 yards to the right side to the corner and you're throwing it kind of inside where Mark Andrews is kind of having to adjust back to the left for a catch that should be coming over the right shoulder. Uh, yeah, just just poor, terrible, just disappears in big games. And Patrick Mahomes is a bad man, as Stephen A. would say about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I want to call out – we were talking about it via text. Uh, Lou Riddick, in that one touchdown pass that uh, Lamar did have, he said, oh, this is the perfect oh, yeah, place terrible. for this pass. And it's like – is terrible spot for that pass because it gave the defender a shot to to. I mean, to, if that defender ball, reacts ball, a little bit slower, that's probably an interception. He kind of gets into it. He gets into yeah. his dive a little bit soon, which gets him kind of tripped up and kind of lower. I mean, in the ball, I I thought it was an interception until it was signaled. Yeah, know, it until was it was tipped. signaled a touchdown, and he could have easily put that ball up just a little bit higher and a little bit more in front, and it's either an incompletion or a touchdown at that point. So. Yeah, we're yeah. seeing uh, there was the point made that Lamar Jackson has targeted Mark Andrews or Mark Andrews has accounted for 
of Lamar Jackson's targets. And that's just freakish for a tight end, for one tight end to take, to be that much of the target. And if you take away Mark Andrews, then I think they, they've kind of found the, the secret sauce to just slowing down Lamar. Like, yeah, we'll let you run the ball. We're not really concerned about that. Um, we're just going to outscore you and not let you, you know, put points up passing the ball. Yeah. Yep. So I like it. All right. I just got to, I just got to continue to say I mean, Patrick Mahomes, man, you can say that it's all scheme and different things like that, but uh, I mean, no, he's magic, he sees, man. He he's... sees everything. <laughs> he's a wizard. Uh, he, he reads defenses, you know, the full nine. I mean, it's not just like he's getting to his first read and it's wide open. Uh, you know, he's searching and surveilling, understanding where the defenses are going, and he's going somewhere different. And yeah, he's yeah, he's got great pocket presence. He's he, yeah, he's he's just the full package right now. And and I will say that <laughs> his contract uh, is very well deserved. His play right now is very Aaron Rodgers like to me, to where he can read the defense, but he just decides that I'm going to make this play work anyways. Uh, you know, as the years go on, yeah. I want to see more of that like Brady Manning mentality where it's like, okay, I read this defense. They're doing this. So I've got to audible to this. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, obviously super yeah. young, he's got that, you know, brilliant head coach. Uh, it'll be interesting. Eric, but is kind of all the talk right now. Their offensive coordinator for the last three years. Obviously Andy Reed's resume speaks for himself. It'd be interesting if a guy like the could get a head coaching job and carry this kind of Andy Reid philosophy on, or if this is more Andy Reid than the offensive coordinator. I'd be super curious to see about that, but I think we'll see him in a head coaching position yeah, next no. year. Well, yeah. You, you... Next year for sure. Yep. No, he, he won't be there. I mean, even the Dolphins interviewed him last yeah. last season. Uh, or not last season, sorry. The, you know, the season we ended up hiring by Brian Flores, but uh, I, I was surprised that he didn't have a head coaching job between the – coming into the 2019 season I mean, and then even Reed's the 2020 coaching season. tree. There's a lot of his disciples in the NFL right now as coaches. Like the, I don't know all of them, but the first one that comes to mind is Doug Peterson. Won a Super Bowl was, was a coordinator under mm-hmm. Andy Reed. Thursday night. Oh right. uh, yeah. I all don't right. know what to think. Thursday the Jets night. are so bad, but the Broncos are so <laughs> hurt. I'm taking the Broncos. I've got the Jets 0-16 until they win a game because Dan Orlovsky, that's my guy, old Colt, back in the day, backing it up, 0-16 Lions. He believes that the 0-16, his 0-16 Lions team would beat the Jets 16 times. That, that, 16 that was my times. first gut, yeah. too, 16 is, is to 16. go with the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just – I think that Drew Locke will probably be back for this game, so – uh, even if he's not, I just the Jets are just so bad, you know. And not to not, not yeah, to mention, I, I mean, they, their running back is 107 <laughs> years old. So I love the guy, but it's amazing that he uh, he's still starting out there. And I mean, at the end of the day, let's give some love to Frank Gore. Uh, let me see here. Still he getting it done. Still climbing that yard. It'll take I him another he's... 20 years, but he will do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. for him to be able to put a uh, you know suit up and just continue to go uh, 15th year as a running back, you know, and this is a guy who 
you know, hit that 300 yard. Well, I guess he never did the 300 carries. 312 carries in 2006. So I, I stand corrected. <laughs> so, 2006. Yeah, that's this guy played his rookie year in 2005. I, 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 yeah, I'm not the, I'm not old by any means, but I'm the oldest here, and I feel like 2005 was like to think. six years ago. Nope, it was 15 players that are years still ago, in the league. Uh, Eli Manning. He's, he's, oh wait, no. Yep, he he retired. I think it's really like Gore and Brady. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. uh, but, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Yeah, there's a few. Kickers, I mean, Vinatieri. Vinatieri's there's a few of them around. Not playing though. Vinatieri's out. <laughs> Vinatieri's oh, yeah. on our team right now. Uh, but I mean, that's oh. my point. Is they're all quarterbacks. I mean, he out. I mean, I guess Eli Manning was 2004, but he basically outlasted Eli Manning, who was the Iron Man of Iron Man. Next to Brett Favre, yeah. That. Yeah. All right, so uh, Broncos. James is on the Broncos. Brian, where are you at? Do you even have to think about this, Nick? Uh, take the Jets. No, hey, like I don't. No, I'm not going to take the Jets. I can't. Ta- I can't take the Jets because, like that I just said, makes me like feel I said earlier. James does manage to at least get it right once, once a year. Like last year, taking it to the Cowboys, so he true. destroyed the Cowboys and then just did nothing the rest of the year. But that one game, you know, he looked like a legit NFL coach. I think this team wants to lose, though. I don't think anybody there likes Gase. I think that uh, yeah. the fact that Jamal Adams is gone, I think that he lost the entire locker room with that trade. Uh, because let's let's not forget just how insane that was. And you look at how Jamal Adams, just the love for the game that he has with the Seahawks. I mean, he's, a, he's coaching, you know, he was out for part of that Dallas game, hurt, you know, and he's coaching from the sidelines, you know, running back and forth, cheering for his team. This is a guy who loves football, and Adam Gase couldn't find a way to make it work. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah, so, I mean, we're all going Broncos here, even though, you know, the the track record for Thursday night teams going on the road is not uh, not good uh, historically. But we did see it with the Dolphins last weekend, uh, or last Thursday. So, yeah, all on the Broncos. And... I do believe that if the Jets get the Royal SmackDown against this decimated Broncos team, I don't think Gase wakes up as the head coach on Friday morning. I hope not. I would. I'd love to see him fired ASAP, just because. Again, you you've got to be good at your job. You know, you've got an entire fan base that's counting on you. You've got a city that's counting on you. Uh, you know, and New York's one of those you know cities that it's like the cream of the crop for sports franchises and they've got nothing right now you know well not in the yes, nfl the anyways they're doing okay yeah uh all right so done with the football stuff i should we should note uh since we are all be i mean i guess i guess we uh yeah i'll be sports uh we we didn't include the puck in this very much. So the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup final. Uh, a a hometown local uh, of mine and my brother's anyways. Uh, James, I don't know if you were born in Spokane, but uh, uh, Tyler Johnson 
part of the uh, from Spokane, Washington, part of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning wins the Stanley Cup uh, championship, which was which is pretty cool to see. Very cool. Yeah, then we've got um, Lakers and have... in the NBA Finals starting tomorrow. Uh, Lakers heavily, heavily yep. favored. Uh, but this is a Heat team not to be counted out. Uh, they're they're rolling right now. But, I mean, you've got the best player in the world, LeBron James, and top five player in Anthony Davis. So uh, I think that the Heat take this – or the – sorry, the Lakers take this one in five, which has been their M.O. here through yeah, the playoffs. I completely agree. Yep. And then, yeah, the Major League Baseball playoffs start either tomorrow or Thursday as well. It's real soon here. And it's like I said, it's that it's that fun format. They're doing best of three in this what they're calling the wild card round with eight teams on each conference. The uh, AL, the ALs, uh, A, yeah, AL and NL, uh, which, like I said, should be uh, kind of fun to keep an eye on. You know, this best of three stuff, you know, absolutely. All right. All right. I think that's going to do it for us at the, uh, with it here this, uh, tonight. Um, we thank you for joining us on the all B sports podcast where it's all BS all the time. Goodbye. We'll see you guys Saturday morning.